0: Welcome, everyone, to this new episode of my podcast, Trans with a Voice. Today, I have the pleasure to welcome Faye Johnstone, a trans woman now living in Ottawa. Faye is the executive director of Wisdom to Action, a progressive consulting firm and social enterprise, and the president of the Society of Queer Momentum, a 2s plus advocacy nonprofit she is a prominent advocate for queer and trans rights and a recurring voice in canadian news on 2s plus issues over the past 10 years she has supported hundreds of organizations across canada to build their capacity for 2s plus inclusion She was the Grand Marshal of the Ottawa Capital Pride Parade in 2023 and recipient of the Young 2SLGBTQIA Plus Entrepreneur of the Year Award from Canada's 2SLGBTQIA Plus Chamber of Commerce. Also in 2023, she was on a chocolate bar. Hello, hello, and thank you for having me on your podcast today. There are some good memories in our time in hockey, but there are some less good ones. I understand more why people were behaving in a certain way. It doesn't justify their behavior, but that's the way we grew up with that toxic masculinity. And it's hard to break the cycle. Like
1: It's one of my favorite, like, and maybe this is the, like, I've been out as a trans gal for more than 20 minutes now. But I still, you know, I'm still a 28-year-old, so no one couched this through those trans elders with more knowledge, experience, and nuance than I do. Um, But I actually feel like I have benefited from um, understanding the what and the where the bad stuff comes from. When it comes to, like, you know, my time in hockey, but also just, like, everything else, right? Like, I when I go to a, a tiny little town, I'm probably the first human who looks like me and a lot of these folks have really seen. And there's a line where it's like, okay, now we're being bad and there's a problem here. Uh, but many folks are just adjusting. Uh, and and even when they are expressing like icky and bad, if I were to take each and every incident of a person being weird to me as a devastating offense, I would be curled up on a like under a rock, and I wouldn't have any hair left on my head. And what was there? would be gray and my face would not be what it is today. Uh, and that's not to forgive the bad guys or the bigotry or the homophobia or the transphobia, um, but rather it's to, to realize, I, to me at least, and it's helped me, not everyone has been in these places and spaces, not everyone has had these conversations, and a lot of us have been taught horrible things about those who are different than we are. And we will be unwilling but not passive agents of that ickiness Um, but also a lot of folks who say icky things in many contexts like we can actually have a conversation like I love being the trans gal in tiny places where they haven't met a trans gal and I love being at the diner and just chatting with the gal who hasn't talked to someone like me Uh, I love when I go into churches with older folks and I'm like
0: hi like this isn't a threat it's it's just difference I remember I had a conversation with another of my guests and we talked about the power of conversations and how conversations are the way to get out of this wave of transphobia we're seeing right now. Because the only way is to talk. It's not to be polarized on certain uh, position. It's to really talk and to explain why as trans people we ask for certain rights and why they are human rights they are not i would say a religion or they are not a choice it's what we need to to live i think this is where we have to like
1: understand the playing field that we're playing on right so let's remember first that you know North America spent a long time trying to say this is what a good person looks like and this is what a bad person looks like. This is what we value. And they would contrast the good thing by showing you all of the bad thing. You have to be a strong man because otherwise you're that gay kid we call slurs in the corner. You know, that's a 21st century homophobia. But you go back a couple decades and it was just as bad and worse. And so we have this whole legacy. Of like homophobia and transphobia and misogyny and racism that are you know in, baked into how we raise people and what we value, and then you have like a, a human rights progression, right? like we have movements for justice, human rights, and all that good stuff, but we still have that homophobia and trans women misogyny, and so then when you, when it comes to trans people, the bad guys have already. They're working on a myth that has already been planted. And that's the myth of queer and trans people as radicals, as dangers, as threats, as all of these bad things. And they can play into that without saying that they're doing so. And so I say this as the gal who, until a few years ago, had, you know, a side shave, blue hair, and Lord Jesus, I'm still punky and gothy on my weekends and in my evenings more often than not. And I grew up in, like, street protests and community organizing. Like, I went to rallies. I've gone to so many rallies. Um, But in an environment that is so poisoned, where there's so much misinformation and disinformation, we do need to be the folks chatting with our neighbors and helping folks understand the movement and message that we bring. Because there's so much dishonesty out there. And this doesn't mean that we don't still chant. Please, God, I need more folks with, like, blue hair and, like, I am that. I love this. Um, But it's more to recognize that there are diverse ways of fighting this fight. And a lot of the folks that we're fighting are not our enemies, right? Like the person who showed up at one of those 1 million March things is not our enemy unless they're a raging homophobe and they're horrible to their trans kid. These are often folks who have been misinformed manipulated by social conservative and far-right groups that make lying to the public their everyday job. And so we need to be the folks who are holding governments to account and dreaming of queer liberation. We also should be those who are helping chat with our neighbor who just doesn't understand, or maybe says some very wildly inappropriate things in a context where their intention isn't bad. I'm not afraid of your uncle who's got a homophobia going on. I am afraid of systems and structures of homophobia and transphobia and the wealthy few individuals pouring money because certain governments, politicians, and those systems and structures benefit them and serves them when we are distracted and when they can pick on the gay kids. It's schoolyard bullies, but blow it up to governments, billionaires, and systems and structures.
0: I have a lot to say about what you said. I'll I'll take a couple of a uh, perspective on what you said. Like for me, change is a subject that I'm really passionate about. I work in the computer science field and yes, I code, but I, I spend a lot of time also helping my team optimizing their process and I did some training in change management. And change be in computer science or in society, it's the same principle at the core. Is you have a problem, you want people to change their behavior, and it's always like the same techniques. You can go at the top. You can try, for example, in society, you can try to lobby the government to get some changes in the policies or you can work with the population to remove a government that is not moving forward with policies to protect our rights so you can go from the top or from the bottom there's two ways to do it and you can work on both and at the same time changes is hard and takes work we cannot expect that in one day everyone will be inclusive people that go at these anti-trans protests or are being transphobic they own their actions you cannot be an ally of the trans community and go protest at the anti-trans protest. the other thing i wanted to say is It's not for every trans person to go in a protest, go talk to government to get change, or maybe go talk in a panel. There's a lot of ways we can help as a trans person just by having conversations with our families, with our friends. These are conversations that are a lot more accessible to everyone. And I don't want any trans person to feel that, they all have a huge wage on their shoulders and they need like to go protest every day. I think we need to all work together and some of us are more comfortable being the spotlight, but others that are less comfortable to be like in front of the public, just having this conversation in private can make a lot of difference.
1: We deserve that day to be tomorrow. And we do, right? Like it, it, it is, I don't want to undersell, like it is the the everyday burden of living in this country, in this land, as a queer and trans person, is impossible to tolerate, and yet we must. Um, But it is indeed, it's remembering systems and structures don't change overnight, and it's not just those systems and structures, but it's the populations, like, the way that they have taught us to fear difference, that they've pitted against each other, like, that doesn't
0: go away overnight. I love what you're saying, because... I'm one of these new activists. I only started like in April of this year. It's pretty recent. And when you start, it's easy to get overwhelmed. I started two weeks before the review of Policy 713. So when that happened, the request of just like panel interviews, like everything just spiraled out of control and... After a couple of months, I was like, okay, what do I want to do? And that's where I started my podcast. And people maybe don't imagine how much time there is, like, behind the scenes. There's a lot of work behind it. And I almost burned myself out at work before. And I'm a bit older, so I might have more, I have more experience. So I have, like, the I would say the that voice in my head that tells me, like, If you do too much, you'll burn yourself out and you'll stop doing it and stop enjoying it. So I tried to find ways, like, to make sure that the time I spend in my podcast and in my, I would say, activism, like doing panels, doesn't overshadow the time that I need to spend with my friends, with my family, and also my work, since I need to earn some money somehow. This is one of
1: the things we get wrong in the biggest way, I think. And I agree with you 1010%. Um, I think so many folks, including the like the activists, um, and I include myself in that, of course. Um, we I think we feel like we are never doing enough and we always have to do more. And I think that's true of so many queer and trans people and so many progressives and marginalized folks who again have this dream. Um and and feel like it's their duty to care for it, and and we are all. The more that we can do, the better it is for everybody. But also, we all have our role to play. I am an extrovert. Uh, I get energized by a crowd. The more than I think I have ever energized any crowd. Like there is nothing I love more than connecting with audiences and, and talking about issues that matter to all of us uh, and helping you know channel us in a good direction. And there's a lot of power and privilege that comes with the role that I'm in. Um, But the entire flip side, like all of the everything that anyone on TV who's trans, all that we do, all that we have ever achieved is because of everyday humans just like creating space. And that's like trans folks and that's moms of trans kids. That's the dads, that's the, the teacher, the student. Like there is no one way to make liberation happen. Uh, And many of us just need to find, you know, either like the the role that we can play while living our lives and managing our bills and our families and our many pets, um, but also the role that we can best play, um, the place that we can put our time that will have the most impact. Uh, And so I think so many folks burn themselves because they imagine they have to do it all, Um, And we see this in cycles in community organizing. I've been around long enough uh, to see the cycle of new, excited queer and trans person on the scene, ready to change the world. And I see the burnout that happens. And I also see the, the hope that is lost when of tomorrow that they hope is happening doesn't materialize overnight. But also then I think that we lose sight of the everyday magic that is achieved, right? Like, Some straight guy who sees a trans girl in his workplace is more likely to be good to his trans kid. Like that, like a rainbow flag lets that trans person be honest about who they are when they might not be able to otherwise. Uh, That mom who's afraid to mention her trans son uh, to the other moms because she's worried how they might react or to the church moms because she's worried how they might react. Like... Having a rainbow sticker or a trans person in your bubble, like that's magic. That is change. That is changing your world and changing other people's world by expanding the
0: possibilities around them. Like you said, it's easy to look at the news and see our government taking decisions completely, I would say, detached from the values of our populations. I'm totally comfortable saying that in New Brunswick. Because it's the case when you talk to people, you see it's they're taking decisions for a minority. And if you look at the news and you look at government policies, it's easy to get discouraged, to get down, to be sad. But if you look at changes you can bring, I would say, locally closer to you, like talking to friends and families, your workplace, like like for me in my podcast, seeing like that my podcast was I had like 20, 30 listeners. For me, it's like people that I know that they can do an impact on their perception of trans people. And seeing messages like feedback that I got from people I would have never taught would listen to my podcast. I was like, great. That's a way to bring change. We should not forget that change. It can be locally. And it when you add all these little change together... You get something big.
1: Hey, I've been telling myself I'll make a podcast for years and I haven't done it. So like big power to you for podcasting. All of my activism happens like mostly outside of my actual job. And that is like managing and maintaining. But it is like we have to, like even like doing a podcast humanizes trans people, right? Like people have so many absurd impressions about us And there is such power in just like a conversation between trans people, like, and this is like, especially now I've been saying for a while, like we need to get into the business of telling stories again, Uh, because the public's understanding of trans people is so wildly different from the beautiful, powerful community that I see Uh, from like, again, like from the 12 year old trans kid, who's just figuring out who they are all the way up to the 80 year old trans person who came out two seconds ago and is going on a shockingly similar journey. Like, I love all that trans people have offered the world. um, And people don't understand that trans people are not, like, I love the trans girl who's your bus driver, the trans guy who's a factory worker, like the trans folks who just like every other parent, person, family member, are trying to make ends meet, put food on the table, pay their bills, and make a better future possible for themselves and their family and their community. That is the community that I see, but it's not what the world understands right now. And so this, like a podcast is power and these stories are powerful.
0: Two small things before we go to the next subject. I want like every like strengths people and also allies to remember that when we talk about our stories, No one can say that our story is false. It comes from us and we are the true source of information. So no one can say that what we are saying when we are talking about our story, the way we are feeling is false. Like when we talk about our story and we we share our feelings, it's what we felt as a human in this moment and no one can Take away these feelings from us and these stories from us. So that was my first thing. And my second thing was that I truly believe when we'll win the battle that we are facing right now, we'll be able to move forward. And because the trans community has become mainstream now, and that's why we have seen also all that hate, because there's so many trans people now in the public spotlight that they cannot, like... Forget us anymore. We are not in the shadows anymore. We are in society and we'll always be there. So I truly feel that when we'll win this fight and we'll get the silent majority to really understand what we truly need, we'll move forward. Absolutely.
1: And you know what else I would say? You know, I think it's important to remember why the moment we're in today is happening now. And a big part of that, and I love, like I smile when I remind myself of this, is that the homophobes and the transphobes have lost every single damn battle for 50 plus years. We won gay civil rights. We won marriage equality. We won trans rights and we banned conversion therapy. We have changed the world for queer and trans people and for men and women of all sorts. We have created a world that is freer, that is more dignified, that is more inclusive and respectful. And these folks coming for us right now, they are terrified of the world that we are making possible. But right now what they're doing is they're taking advantage of a few things. They're taking advantage of an economic crisis. They're taking advantage of widespread misinformation and disinformation coming from hate groups and infiltrating the mainstream. And then they're taking advantage uh, of new slogans and a hope that they can use the anger that a lot of folks feel in a world that is so unfair to so many of us. They use that anger to gain power while pitting communities against each other. They benefit when we're afraid. They benefit when we're divided. But we have won every battle for 50 years. And though these next few years will be hard, And I firmly believe that. And it breaks my heart just to think about that uh, and to think about how hard this year has been. Um, I know that we're waking up to this and it's going to like, we're a little bit rusty. I do think we are like, we haven't had a big battle on queer and trans rights issues in Canada in 20 years. I say that honoring all of the little battles and honoring the big moments, Uh, but we won trans rights. We won conversion therapy and most of Canada didn't notice. This is the first time in 20 years that the, like, that the world is awake to queer and trans issues in a different kind of way. And so we need to shift into gear. We need to be ready for politicians picking on us. We need to be ready for hate to be more normal, but we also need to lean in. We need to lean in by having those conversations you alluded to. We need to lean in by chatting with our neighbors but we also need to lean in by remembering that they win when we feel bad about ourselves. The concepts of pure and trans joy could not be more important. I like to tell folks I'm going up to more gay bars and drag shows than ever before because community fills me up and we have so much culture and creation to show. Uh, and so folks need to be ready for that, too, to take time for themselves While dreaming of that better tomorrow and remembering that we don't need to cower here, we need to be defiant and we need to hit the ground running because tomorrow is gonna be a better day and we can make it even better
0: than they could imagine. And they need us in society. They need trans people to have jobs, they need trans people to be involved in community. We are like a couple of percent of the population. It's just going to be better for everyone if the world is inclusive.
1: My, a piece of optimism for me in this is, you know, we're relearning things very quickly. It, it sucks that we have to relearn how to do some of this stuff, but like we're gonna build a, a vehicle here that will propel us further than folks imagine possible. And that is what gives me hope is I don't want to just defend where we are today. Like, I'm tired of how bad today is. I am ready for that better tomorrow. And I firmly believe that we will rise to this moment, deflect these attacks from hate mongers, and be able to make that better, more equal future possible. Because our ideas are better than theirs. We are the movement of equity, of freedom, of dignity. We are the movement that imagines that no one should be cast out of their home because of who they are. We are a movement that everyone can get behind and they're going to because they have hate and fear.
0: We have unity and a better tomorrow. And I think we could go for hours just explaining example of measures to help the trans community that benefit everyone. There's a lot of measures that benefit women because a lot of the, I would say, the policies or things we need are linked with oppression against women, for example. And so there's a lot of links to do, and it's just better for everyone to be inclusive.
1: Like transphobia and misogyny are impossible to separate from one another. A world that hates trans people is not a world that is good to women. A world that hates trans people is not a world that is good to queer or gay folks. I am in the fight for my like 2% of the population community. Yes, I am in the fight for a world where no trans person is homeless. I am also in the fight where every single darn person across Canada is free of gender based oppression, and fuckery. From the straight guy who is taught that he can't be himself because being feminine is a bad thing to the straight woman who has been pressured to look a certain way and has to deal with sexist comments from male colleagues because she's over the age of 40, from the butch lesbian who loves gals and doesn't understand why no one seems to talk about queer women. Like, we are in this for so much more than just ourselves. Like, this is, a, again, it's about a better tomorrow for everybody. Homophobia and transphobia is bad for everybody.
0: Before we end, I would like you to tell our listeners how they can like, learn more about you and what you do and how to reach you.
1: Oh, yeah. So, so first, thank you so much for having me on. This has been a blast. I, uh, I spend too much of my time with straight people and cis people in this work, and this has been rejuvenating. So thank you. Uh, if folks want to support my work, uh, you can find me on Twitter at BayJohnStone on uh, Instagram at Fading Away. But I would really encourage you first and foremost to go to www.momentumcanada.net forward slash join and sign our newsletter. Uh, We are trying to rally queer and trans folks and our pals all across this country to fight this moment and dream a better tomorrow into reality for queer and trans people. And we need you on our newsletter so we can help you play your part in that.
0: Perfect. I'll put all these links in the show notes. A big thank you, Faye, for being on the podcast. It was an amazing experience, and I'm sure you'll be back soon.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much.
0: Finally, I invite you to subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, and to follow Trans with a Voice on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget that a society that is more inclusive to the transgender community is better for everyone.